0: radio Influence
1: dot com. as america's zone coach premier thought leader and the world's number one coach of champions Jim Fannin has guided the careers of the best pro athletes from 10 sports and business executives from 50 industries. He has coached individuals, families, relationships, students, and entire cities in simplifying and balancing their lives for more than 40 years. From winning Wimbledon, the World Series, and a gold medal to losing 68 pounds, saving lost marriages, or overcoming financial ruin...
0: My name's Seth, Jim's uh, sidekick and producer here on America's Most Positive Podcast. Uh, Some really
2: cool stuff in for you for today. But to start off, Jim, what's on your mind? Well, besides Halloween, words have power. And that's really been on my mind. You know, your vocabulary, Seth, it reveals your thoughts regarding your agenda, your hidden agenda, your intentions, your goals, your vision, And your overall mindset, words have power. And so if you're a leader, are you speaking as a leader? Does your vocabulary reflect power? Do your words have an impact on each and every listener, every person that you're talking to? Are your words leading your team, your friends, your family on a pathway of positivity? Success, words have power. I I really believe your communication with others is most impactful when one or more in your audience thinks differently and more positively when they leave your presence. Did you impact them? Did your words activate, and will they activate positive results? Coaches, teachers, consultants, salespeople, managers... They all use repetitive power words to activate decisions and, obviously, results. And many of us, we've topped out on introducing new action words that facilitate positive collective agenda. We've topped out. Think about your vocabulary. Are you saying the same thing over and over again, and you're getting the same old results? I mean, that happens. We see that in parenting. Parenting. I told you not to do that. I told you not to do that. I told you not to do that, and it keeps repeating. Uh, is that on them or is that on me? Well, I, I'm the I'm the dad. I'm the leader. My words have power, and I, I'm using the same old words. They they obviously have uh, diminishing returns to the point of no return. And um, so, approach your goals in a different way. It, it's time that we incorporate maybe some new words, a, a new phrase that you brand within your own vocabulary. Think about what you think about, and obviously this show is about think about what you say, because your words matter. They have power. You know, Jim, I, I heard it, somebody say it like this. Uh,
0: you know, even if you're just leading or managing two or three people, or even if it's just the kids in your family in your own home, in some ways, if they can't kind of make fun of you for saying something over and over again because it's so important, then maybe you haven't said it enough. That's the way I've heard it, that you need to be so repetitive that they can almost kind of do a little impression because you want you want that positivity
2: to soak in and the vision to soak in that much. Yeah, be, be decisive was a phrase and decisive was a power word I've used with my oldest daughter, Colby, uh, who's now an awesome mom herself. Uh, over and over, be decisive, make a decision. I, I realized that uh, when she finally left the home, you know, forever, permanently, and found her own apartment, her own home, her own family, um, she was going to have to be uh, a decision maker, a, a world class decision maker. And the power statement be decisive. And she played tennis and you're on your own. There's no coaching in tennis. We've talked about that this on the air. Uh, be decisive. Be decisive. Be decisive. And, and today, she's a trauma nurse in a hospital being decisive. It's pretty uh, amazing to me that that she is the most decisive person that I know. Well, you know, Jim, I've got to say that uh, yeah, I've been to the emergency
0: room a handful of times in my life due to a severe nut allergy. And the worst thing that I could imagine— you know, going through an allergic reaction where your throat's closing up and you need medication to correct that immediately is having a nurse walk in and be like, "Well, I mean, we should do something
2: here, right? Maybe, give a, give maybe he <laughs> needs a Snicker bar. You know, maybe, maybe he needs a Snicker bar. Be decisive." And but the the bottom line is that was a power phrase that was repeated. I, I don't know how many times. Uh, We've got the World Series that just concluded. Congratulations to the Boston Red Sox. We also have Alex Gore coming on the show uh, as a repeat uh, uh, broadcast. But I must have said, uh, I don't know how many hundreds of times, and this phrase has been repeated 10,000 times by all the great hitters that I've coached, Frank Thomas, uh, Jim Tomey, uh, Alex Rodriguez. Alex Cora, I hit solid. I hit solid with an accelerated bat head. I ask every player, what do you do for a living? And uh, the professional hitters that I ask that, they look to me like, uh, home runs, I, I drive in runs, I get on base. And we boiled it down to the essence of what they do. I hit solid with an accelerated bat head. I hit solid. solid. I hit solid. I hit solid. Alex Rodriguez probably said that 10,000 times uh, in his career. In fact, you you could ask Frank Thomas, hey, I was talking to Jim Fannin, so what do you do for a living? I'll bet 10 bucks, 20 bucks, Frank's going to say, I hit solid. Uh, Although his career's obviously changed from a hitter to a a broadcaster. Words definitely matter. And um, I, I remember, Seth, Uh, I had a paper route uh, as a kid growing up. A lot of us have had little odd jobs growing up, but I had a paper route. It was a plum paper route because there was only 62 papers. It was on one side of the street because the other side was the park. So I could go through my paper route in less than an hour, and I was done. It was the closest paper route to the uh, uh, Ashland Daily Independent uh, Office in Ashland, Kentucky. Uh, where the paper was uh, created off the press, hot off the press. In fact, I'd have ink all over my hands. Uh, But I had to pay the bill to the paper by uh, Saturday 6 p.m. every week. Whatever I owed the paper for those papers, whether it was $4, $5, whatever it was, I had to pay it. And the route master, a dastardly human being... I, if he's still alive, I'll be surprised. He was the meanest guy ever. I had to pay him fifty bucks to buy my route, which was probably illegal. But you know, he was down there in the <laughs> bowels. He was down there in the bowels of the Ashland Daily Independent and uh, the local newspaper. So I bought the route and I knew that it, he told me if you're late one time, one minute past six p.m., big clock up on the wall when I went down to pick up my papers. One minute past 6 p.m., you'll lose your route. I got a waiting list. Everybody wants your route, and he would resell it to someone else. Well, here it is on a Saturday afternoon, and I was lazy. Didn't go collect from uh, the people to, to pay the paper bill, pay your paper, boy. So I went to my mom. I said, Mom, can can you loan me the money because uh, if I, I'm going to lose my paper route if I don't get— my bill paid by 6 p.m. It's like 2, 30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I got three hours to collect on Saturday afternoon, not knowing if anybody would be home or not. So I'm in a little bit of a panic. I remember my mother looking me right in the eye and she said, it's your route to lose. And, and that, that hit me right in the head, right in the heart, right in the soul. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm on my own. My mom is bailing. She could have easily plucked out a few bucks out of her wallet and, and bailed me out. It's your route to lose. And I took off down the street, collected, made it by a few minutes to the you know disgusting route master, whoever that guy was, and uh, paid my bill. And uh, my mother told me later that she looked out the window and actually cried as I was running down the street in panic. I'm going to be 69 years old by the time we have our next show. Words have power. That helped me become self-disciplined. I I knew responsibility. I I knew I had the authority to pay the paper route. And um, words have power. They have meaning. Literally five words there. It's
0: your route to lose. That adjusted your perspective put you into, I would say put you into his own state because <laughs> you got it done.
2: Right? Oh, I got it done. I was in a panic. I It put the right kind of stress on me in a good way uh, that caused me to get it done. But the lesson was learned. Words have power. We need to be very judicious, Seth, with, with what we say, when we say it, how we say it. I mean, how many times have you go, oh, oh baby, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. So why'd you say it? If you didn't mean it, why'd you say it?
0: You know what I I, I learned that lesson this week with my now three week old daughter.
2: I, I I was She's already talking back to you. I love it. <laughs> Shut up, dad. Shut up,
0: dad. <laughs> no, she was napping in, in Amanda's arms, my wife, and uh I, I was a little bit stressed about something. And Amanda was like, You hey, pick it up. Her brow just furrowed. And of course she doesn't she doesn't understand words yet, and she was asleep. Wow. But she picked it up, and I looked
2: over. I'm like, oh, you're right. We've talked about that. Isn't yeah. that amazing? That Just, was crazy. She picked up your attitude. Not even awake, and she picked up my attitude. Wow. Yeah. Well, words are the result of thoughts. So I guess thoughts matter. And, and every thought that we have is being broadcast. Physical body language reflects uh, what you were thinking. Your words, your deeds, your tonality, your voice inflection. I didn't take those cookies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, as my uh, voice goes up three octaves. Uh, Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Words have power. But but this shows about leadership and and guiding other people in your life. Um. Think about what you think about, but think about your words and what power phrases uh, can you wield. You know, there, there's all kinds of words, and, and I think we need to change and upgrade, alter our vocabulary. Well, some of the words that we could be using would be conquest or decisive, leverage, apex, resilient, audacity. Uh, backbone, fortitude. You know, you you can add so many boldness, brashness, realization. Gather some new words, wield them with the people you're looking to influence, and then give it repetition. And, And the repetition, Seth, of certain words and phrases, it's going to eventually resonate with your contacts. And own these words use them judiciously in the natural flow of your conversations and and if you add silence before and after action words or an action phrase that's going to accentuate and leverage their power in fact attention and retention with silence it increases 30 to 40% so when i add silence like i just did then just now Listening and retention increases 30-40%. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you about the greatest motivational talk never heard. The greatest motivational talk never heard. This was told to me by Doc Rivers, uh, current uh, coach of the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. And at the time, uh, as he's relaying the story to me, at that time... He was the point guard for the New York Knicks. And his coach was the great Pat Riley, who's now obviously president of the uh, Miami uh, Heat in the NBA. The Knicks are down by 20, approximately 20 points at halftime. So to the Chicago Bulls, defending world champion Michael Jordan, uh, pipping, uh Chicago Bulls. So they're getting spanked. I mean, they're getting, you know, really... Posterized in the first half. So they're down about 20 to the Bulls. They come into halftime. Riley gets into a corner, commands his team by pointing to come over there where he was. He turns his chair around, sits on it, and now his team is right in front of him. He gets them to get even closer, and a couple of guys are punching each other like, you know, it's kind of funny. What? You know, what's this all about? It's kind of strange. And Riley looked at every person in the eye and said nothing. Not a word. And the silence, but with him looking at each player, moving eyes from the left to the right of the group, the silence kept getting louder and louder. And Doc Rivers said, After about five, six, seven minutes of total silence, it was very abnormal, very unusual. The team started feeling this crazy energy, and finally, individually and collectively, they realized nothing needs to be said. What we have is enough. That's the message Pat Riley said without saying one word. That's how powerful that silent speech was. He kept that silent speech going until the referees had to come in and get the team to tell them to come out for the second half. (laughs) It's got to be awkward to be in the stands. And and (laughs) Doc Rivers said, we got so fired up over the greatest motivational speech, never heard, literally never heard, that they went out and defeated the Chicago Bulls by the time the game was over and won the game. Words have power. And then once you wield them and you started putting in some uh, strategic, tactical silence, now you have a powerful leader. Words have power. They matter. And I, can I mention one more thing? Boston Red Sox, again, congratulations, World Series Congratulations to JD Martinez, client, score system uh, uh, graduate, if you will. Uh, coached him uh, over six years, and uh, and of course Alex Cora. I've coached him as a player, and and uh, definitely rooting for him. Coached his brother Joey in the last game where they defeated the LA Dodgers in LA to win the title. They were down four nothing in the sixth inning, and Chris Sale, pitcher, uh, star pitcher, starting pitcher, uh, not of that game, but uh, their ace, uh, not a big talker, not a big motivator in front of everybody. He went on a rant after six innings down 4 nothing, and it was so unusual for him to do that, so out of character for him to do that, that it changed the whole atmosphere, and Chris Sale believed that They were complacent, that they were like giving in. Uh, Oh, and they were thinking about being a victim. Maybe they were judging their own performance. And he flipped the script on the whole mindset of the team. The team gets fired up. They score three runs, one run, what uh, up to nine runs. After four scoreless, dare we
0: say, very uh, disappointing innings for the Red Sox where things just looked...
2: Terrible. Yeah, this and, vaunted offense has scored no runs in six innings. Yeah. And and um, anyway, they came back and uh, went on a blitz, uh, which is amazing to win the game nine to six.
0: What's amazing, Jim, is one of the first things you said when we met was one of the reasons, one of the biggest reasons you got into this is you saw people overtraining, overpreparing, trying too hard, thinking that, you know, more and more tactics and tricks up their sleeve – we're, what's going to get him across the line of whatever their well-defined goal was. And really it's just about being who you are and executing on the basics. To me, we didn't, you know, we, he wasn't mic'd up. So we don't know exactly what was said to me. It sounds like Chris Sale just reminded the Red
2: Sox. They were the Red Sox. Sometimes that needs to happen. Sometimes it needs to happen. Words matter in a positive way, but words also can matter in a very negative way. This is an individual thing of bolstering your vocabulary, adding some power words that you own, uh, but also having some catchphrases. But repetition really is the key if you're looking to facilitate uh, positive change. So uh, change your vocabulary. You're getting the same words and you're getting the same results. Uh, Don't blame uh, the person you're talking to. Look in the mirror. Upgrade your vocabulary, and uh, wield them judiciously. But wield them.
0: You know we're going to go ahead and set up this uh, this replay of the Alex Cora interview. Now, keep in mind this originally happened early on in the season, and there's a specific reason we want to share this with you. It's because you can now listen back to this in hindsight in 2020, and 2020 we, vision. 2020 vision. Uh, you can hear him lay out the goals for the team. And I'm assuming he doesn't just say our goal is to win the world series on podcasts and never mention that to his players. (laughs) I think this is a a pretty daily thing throughout the season. You know, it's just amazing to hear somebody who is in their first year as a manager. Keep in mind. I mean, you know, he was uh, with some great teams before after his retirement uh, in coaching, but Alex Cora, this is the first year he truly took the reins was truly in a position where the buck stops here and you can just hear the score system all the way through this. So, this is a lot of fun, but really, this
2: is to help
0: you implement the score system more.
2: Yeah. And the score system scores an acronym self discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, enjoyment. It's these five intangible words uh, that, when they're wielded at a high level, it triggers natural body chemistry uh, from serotonin to glycogen, to dopamine, adrenaline, uh, to endorphins, to cortisol. And all of those chemicals simultaneously attracts peak performance of the zone. I want to say one thing about Alex Cora. Uh, I knew this going in well before his career playing career was over, that this was one of the smartest baseball minds. And uh, he always had that knack for knowing what to do in any situation, uh, any circumstance, under any condition. Um, But it's always not knowing what to say. Sometimes it's knowing what not to say, and even more importantly, when to say it. So he managed his team this year probably with the least amount of words that you can imagine. Usually first-year managers want to regurgitate everything they know about baseball to show their team how smart I am and what I know and why you should follow me. And I've seen that with rookie coaches in 10 different sports regurgitating everything they know. And uh, Alex Cora was smart enough not to do that. And he was really true to what he believes and what he expects. And You know, we don't normally assign homework here on the Jim Fannin
0: Show, but I will throw in, if you just want to see the score system in action a little bit here, as I was prepping for this episode and just going through some of the news articles about the Boston Red Sox winning, I just started mentally in my mind going, self-discipline, concentration, optimism. <laughs> I mean, you can see each element in the score system and how this team executed the season and went all the way to the world stage and, and took on the trophy.
2: Well, and what this also says that... Uh You know, the buck stops with the top person and that their words matter. Their words have power. And, uh, you know, in in a day and age where the front office in sports seems to be in control and moving players around like chess pieces and using statistics, it's always going to come down to the human element of interacting with people on a a day-in, day-out basis. And uh, congratulations to Alex Gorda. Let's listen to Alex, and uh, we'll get some insight in the mindset of a world champion manager. This show, Alex, is about managing expectation, which is a big subject. But before I get into what's going on with you right now and the Boston Red Sox, uh, if you can indulge me, I'd like to take you back to Caguas, uh, back to Puerto Rico, when you were growing up. Uh, you have a brother that's ten years older than you, made it to uh, the major leagues, obviously before you. What were your expectations growing up in terms of professional baseball?
3: Well, all I wanted to do is follow my foot, the footsteps of Joey. Um, you know, uh, we always talk about having a favorite player or, or somebody that. You look up to, uh, and and actually, Joey wasn't my favorite player. It was Robbie Alomar, but the person <laughs> that I look up to, and, uh, and uh, the person I look up to, and I wanted to follow uh, his footsteps, he was my brother. You know, it he was very simple. Uh, I always joke around that, uh, you know, my hero, he was he was living in the same room eating the same dinner with me and it was very easy just to follow his footstep. And then this guy, as you guys know, as you know, Jim, uh, you know, structure wise, uh, he was the best, the best of the best. So well, it was very I, simple. And
2: he, 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 was the most disciplined athlete I've ever coached. Uh, sometimes almost yeah, to a fault, yeah. you know, it's so disciplined. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so then, yeah. Alex, you, you get a scholarship to uh, Jimmy Morse's program down at the University of Miami. I've given many speeches to that team. When you when you decided to go to the University of Miami, they're perennial national champions when you went there. What were your expectations going to the University of Miami? Uh,
3: two things. Uh, obviously, you know, get better at baseball. I was drafted. In the 13th round by the minnesota twins and uh you know i always wanted to to you know i, I liked the program before uh, actually it was between two schools uh one of them is our arch rival uh, fsu so that's ironic but it was between fsu and miami i decided miami uh around that time before that time you know they were on tv a lot and there was something about Mark Lack Stadium that always intrigued me, so wanted to go there and be better as a baseball player. And I think the whole college experience I needed to grow up as a as a young man if I wanted to you know, accomplish accomplish things in in life. Uh, as you know, we lost our dad. Uh, I lost my dad at a young age, so right. you know very close to my mom, very close to my sisters. Joey was playing, always looking looking up to him, but he wasn't around most of the time. So I needed to, 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 you know, explore life, you know, by myself and, uh, going to Miami, I was able to accomplish that, uh, three years that, uh, honestly without going to college, no way I'm talking to you right now about, about my experiences. Uh, I I grew up so much, uh, connected with a lot of people uh, and learn, uh, about my craft and, uh, those, those three years, 94, 95, 96, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget.
2: Now I, I gave a speech and it could have been in 97, but it, I, you may have been in the room. Were you in the room when I gave a talk ever at Miami? I, I, no, no, no,
3: no. Well,
2: gone right that time. It, here, here's one of the things that happened. Right before my speech at, with the University of Miami, and I, I want to see if uh, it happened during your stay, Coach Morris brought out airline tickets, handed them out to everybody and said, this is the ticket to the College World Series. Some of you won't be going. Many of you will, but we're going. And so he, he showed it to everybody, and I, I don't know if they're actual real tickets or not, but that was right before my <laughs> speeches. And then he took back the tickets, and then he turned it over to me, and I was like, oh, my goodness, that's awesome. Yeah. Did, did he ever do that? With he, le- the- he learned.
3: No, nah, but he learned right away about the expectations from the program. He said that uh, in, uh, in a in meeting with uh, with Paul D, who was the athletic director at that time. Um, you know, they're they're doing this uh, this tour of the facility. So he comes down when he visits Miami, and uh, he he walks into the restroom and there's a runner-up trophy from, from college for, from the college war series. And they're using it right there in the, in the restroom, you know, to, to hold the door. And uh, <laughs> He looked down, he saw it. He like, "Holy oh, shit!" you know, <laughs> these are the expectations. And then the other one, the other one was, uh, when, uh, when he finally got the job, uh, the, the, the secretary, uh, calls him, you know, like, hey, Jim, um, where you want to stay in Omaha? And he's like, what? Yeah, I mean, we we have to make reservations already, you know? And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, and they're like, three, here we make reservations before the season to go to the College World War Series. So you just got to let us know where you want to stay. Yep. And uh, that's when he realized, holy shit, this is for this is real. And, um, you know, the expectations there are as high as, any other place in, in, in the country. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot, not only from Jim, from but also from the people around, you know, around the program.
2: And then, Alex, uh, during your playing days, that's when you and I got together and started working together. And um, uh, uh, of the score system, self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, enjoyment, which one of those elements as a player did you feel you need to work on the most?
3: Um, I, I do feel that I needed to work on everything, and that's why we, you know, we work together. Uh, you kept uh, you kept me in check, you know, for how confident I am, and I trust my abilities. Uh, there was always need of something, you know, on a daily basis, and uh, that's why I still remember. Those conversations in 2000, uh, in, uh, I was in Albuquerque trying to, to get back, you know, get back to the big leagues and become a everyday player. And, uh, um, uh, it was amazing. Uh, you see the numbers the, that month in, in triple a, I think I was hitting like four or five with 25, r- uh, RBI. And, uh, I was locked in. I still remember there was a day that, uh, know I walked four times and, uh, And you told me you made it, you know, that was, uh, that's the perfect game because you didn't come out of your craft. You were hunting pitches in the strike zone, trying to hit the ball solid and you didn't get them and you move on. So I still remember that. And, uh, you know, I I always appreciate everything you did for me, everything that you brought into the table. I still use the tools. Uh, now that I'm a manager, uh, you know, optimism is is the best, but I think relaxation, relaxation, especially in the market. That we're working at, you know, this our team uh, is very important to, to detach yourself from, from the daily grind. And uh, and that, that helps us, not only me as a manager, but I think our coaching staff and our team to accomplish the things that we are accomplishing and obviously the ones that we want to accomplish later on in the season.
2: Well, I'm really proud of what you've done, and uh, you need to be proud as well. But it is a long season. I mean, a, as of this recording, you're standing 17-4. and four. But just like you alluded, Boston is a tough sports town. They love you. They don't love you. They can uh, change, and I, I understand that. But Boston has some expectations. How do you relax, uh, and how are you prepared to relax? It's a long grind. I, I think it's the toughest sport because of, uh, the mental endurance that someone needs. It's easy to be depleted of energy. How do you get away? Uh, you know, you had a day off yesterday. What a day off. You flew in from the West coast uh, to uh, Toronto. That's not much of a day. You know, there's your day off. Congratulations. Yeah, how do you, how do you relax? Yeah. Alex? How do you do, how do you unplug? Now, and- uh,
3: honestly, um, as a player, you know, uh, I'm very passionate about the sport. You know, I'm a big fan of it. So sometimes it was hard for me to detach myself from from the daily grind. But now, you know, I, I understand. I, I give the family their their place is very important. And uh, when you do that, there's other things that are more important actually than 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 baseball. You know, you have your kids. You got. You know, in my case, I got Angelica, my girlfriend, I got my daughter Camila, and then the two, the twins, you know, the newborn, you know, they're not, I mean, nine months old kids. So, you know, it's a lot different in, in my life that compared to when I was playing, I learned that you got to give them what they deserve. And, and doing that, uh, has helped me to, to detach from, from the daily grind. You know, uh, you give, you give. The important things, the value, and and then things are gonna flow, and, and it's gonna help you to 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 you know divide the, the things throughout your day, and uh, that's what I'm trying to do, man. It starts from it- from when I wake up to listening to music in the morning, to go to the gym, and go eat breakfast, and walk, and take a nap, talk to the kids, talk to the family, go to the ballpark, and get that text before the game starts for my daughter and my girlfriend. Until I get that text after the game, regardless of the results, man. It's just, I'm in a good place, man. I learned over the years the hard way, obviously, but uh, I learn and I, I do feel that uh, you know, learning my my, knowing my tools, using them on a daily basis is making me better not only uh, at my work but also uh, in my life.
2: Well, you know, I, I've told you this many times. You're more than a baseball player, and uh, you know, you just hit it on yeah. the on the head you know you got many arenas to manage and there's nothing better than having young twins they're in the moment they're they're, they're in the zone they have no future oh, no, no past <laughs> i mean and you can go on a on a uh, you know 7 day road trip and come back and they've changed it's like oh my goodness and uh, uh that's got to yeah. be just uh you know the, the happiest part uh, part of your life I, I need to ask you about your coaches you know your coaches you know give them a little shout out you know they' you're only as good as what they think I mean right now hopefully they're getting ready statistically and getting prepared for uh, the game tonight but your coaches uh, you know they're only as good as what they're thinking when you're not there. Tell me about your coaching staff No it's, it's uh, they'
3: they're great. One thing I told them when uh, we got we got together as a group. Uh, for the first time, that was in November, uh, right after Thanksgiving. And, and I told them, you know, one thing about it, they're very versatile. And there's no egos here. That because you are the hitting coach like Timmy Hires and Andy Barquette, doesn't mean that they can't talk about uh, pitching. The same deal with Daniel Avengi, our pitching coach. You know, He's been around the game for a while, he's been an advanced scout. You know, because you're the pitching coach, it doesn't mean that you can help us out. In another area, Ron Reneke, who managed the Milwaukee Brewers, and been you know, he worked for Mike Social for years. Uh, he oversees a lot of stuff, and uh, although he's the older guy, you know, in this group, you know, he, he connects with us. You know, we got Carlos Fevles, who managed Double A the last few years, and he's 42. I think Carlos is 41, 42 years old. You know, and uh, he brings energy just like Tom Goodwin at first base. And, uh, what what I keep preaching them. And I want them from them is connect not only with the group, not only with the players, but us as as people. You know, uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. You know, um, we we have dinners together. Yesterday, uh, we went to see the Maple Leafs and the Bruins here in in Toronto. Uh, and I think that's that's the way um, we're gonna maximize our, our talents uh, to be relaxed, connect, and obviously we know. That baseball, baseball, the baseball stuff is, is going to be there. But uh, the more we connect as people, the better it's going to be for us.
2: You um, you have a great intuition. You and I have had a lot of talks about intuition, real time information that the conscious mind doesn't have. But you know, baseball today is, you know, it's operating on statistics and uh, data. How many times, if you can divulge it, uh, did your intuition play? And a win and did the lack of intuition, you didn't listen to it. Did, did it happen? You may not want to admit that. Did, did you not listen to your intuition In maybe one of your losses and, and how big a part is intuition in a game that's so statistically driven right now? No, it's, it's
3: you, you got to create a balance. Um, uh, uh, it's, the information that is provided is going to put us in a better place and and the the, the decisions i make over the course of a game uh, my instincts take over but at the same time i'm i'm better prepared to make those decisions because the information was provided and i use it the way i do feel it's going to make us better um there's a few things you know that that goes you know, About lineup constructing a lineup, Uh, there's more than just like he's a good player. Let's put him in this spot. Uh, I think instincts take over sometimes, you know, for the off days or or when to you know when when to stay away from a player or when to go ahead and use a player. But I think everything revolves in in your preparation, right? and, And the preparation. You know, goes from spring training until now. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes into play. So, um, I still have a feel for the game that they're always going to be there, but I, I do feel that I'm more prepared to make decisions and put the team in, in, a, in a spot that they're going to be successful because, uh, you know, the information that was provided, we're going to use it to our benefit and it's going to help us to make decisions.
2: You know, you've got a great record. You're leading Major League Baseball. And you've done it without J.D. Martinez being locked in the zone, which I've coached J.D. I know he can get locked in. That's kind of a bright spot. That's uh, uh, you know we're doing well. Uh, you know he he's doing solid, but he can heat up and and really change a game quickly. Uh, you know I've seen him hit four home runs in one game. That must be a uh, a, a bit of fresh air to know that. Uh, you know, you're doing well, but yet everyone's not clicking on all cylinders yet. Tell me about your lineup. The way we
3: see it, a, the way we see it you know, uh, we're getting healthy, which is important. Uh, um, you know, Xander Bogarts, he's on a rehab assignment today. Uh, today and tomorrow, hopefully, everything goes fine. and he's good. He'll be here Friday. Justin Petroya is in Fort Myers right now, uh, kind of like starting his spring training. So he should be back sooner rather than later. So, um, we, the, the one thing, the good the, the, the thing about this lineup, is we feel that we want based on our way to, to do damage. And they've been working on their craft. They've done an outstanding job, uh, using the information that is provided and, 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 and executing the plan, which is great. They, they meet up every day and they talk about the plan, you know, who, how are we going to attack this picture? So far, so good. It's been great. Um, you know, we do feel that there's guys that you know they they they're gonna carry this team for ten, twelve days, uh, and and that's important because not every not 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 every day they're gonna be clicking their old cylinders. So we're very capable from top to bottom. We feel that like that is 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 our strength, and we got guys on the bench that in every any given day they come in and they can contribute, which is great. It keeps the the uh, the the lineup going it, it keeps the, the the you know the energy going and and that's very important in a, in a long season.
2: Do, do you set goals for a series? Do you set goals for a month? Uh, are are the goals already set for the season, and you're just letting it play one day at a time?
3: No, they they know that <laughs> I was joking with them, and I, this is the same. You know winning is better than losing. And let's be honest, you know, when when you win, it's a lot better than losing. And uh, the most important thing for us uh, is take, you know, each series, each series, uh, you know, just giving the importance, give the importance to the series. You know, and the goal is to win each each series. We know that hey, there's certain it's not going to happen, but the more series you win, the better it is.
2: And uh, yeah, we
3: are we have our uh, short-term goals, and that's that's the one. But at the end, it's it's kind of like, you know, the goal is to win the World Series. And everybody knows it. It's just like, you know, the other 29 teams. So obviously, there's teams that they're going through some process, rebuilding process. And, uh, for you know, they, they might say it, but they understand that it's going to take a while. They don't say when they're going to win the World Series. But for us, in a, in on a, in a, in a, in a yearly basis, you know, that's the goal here, to win the World Series.
2: And I want to take you back to Puerto Rico one one more time. You know I've spent a lot of time in Puerto Rico, coaching a lot of companies down there, a lot of athletes. I really feel for the island. Uh, I'm upset about everything that's happened. Um, How connected are you on a regular basis back to your hometown and back to Puerto Rico and uh, efforts to help Puerto Rico get back on its feet?
3: Yeah, we, we're doing our best. Well, one thing for sure on a daily basis, somehow, some way I'm going to get, You know I, I remind myself where I'm coming from and where we are as, as a country. And, uh, we know we're not where uh, we want to be. We're uh, making progress, but you know, it seems like it's slowly, slowly, but hopefully for shortly, we're going to be fine. But, uh, you know, uh, I'm proud where where I'm from. I'm proud of my roots and whatever I can do to help my country. You know, uh, we're doing it. I know uh, there's a lot of people that are, you know, um, pushing and, and praying and, and help me, you know, with their with vibes from, from back home, you know, to, to to do what I'm doing here, help this team to, to, to accomplish all the goals that we set, and I appreciate that, and I know, with every win, I, I, there's a lot of people back home that they're happy. And, you, you, know you know what? Right now, that's, that's all I can do. I,
2: I, think, uh, I think that is absolutely true. Uh, you've got so many fans, not, not just in Puerto Rico, but definitely in Puerto Rico, that are rooting for you. And you're right. Every win you have increases the expectation uh, of everybody in Puerto Rico. And... Um, Yeah, You've got to be proud of your roots. I I love it down there. I I was going down there uh, one week every month for eight years. I I flew into Puerto Rico. I am going back uh, as soon uh, to do whatever I can to help increase expectations individually. Hey, Alex, thank you so much. I appreciate you being on uh, the Jim Fannin Show. I really do. We're rooting for you, uh, and uh, you've got to. Series that I know is a big one, uh, Toronto, and obviously the Yankees is always a big series. And um, Seth, do you have anything to add?
0: Yeah, if, if I can just sneak one last question here as we wrap up the Yankee, the Yankees rivalry in particular, and with Toronto, you know the the players tend to get more hyped up right around those games. I mean, those are those are historic rivalries, and they're going on this season. How do you manage those expectations? Is it okay for them to get a little more up for those games or can that backfire on, on the team if they're a little too hyped up?
3: No, actually, we're trying to to, to treat everybody the same way. Uh, you know, if we, if we live in the up and down of the season, you're going to catch up with us as yep. far as, like, energy. So spend the same energy with every team and then you're going to be consistent on what we do. And uh, if we're consistent at... Are are preparing and playing the way we want them to do we're going to be in a good place
2: well keep your score level balanced uh, attract the zone and uh, all my best to you you know I'm uh, uh, I I care a lot about what you're doing I definitely care about how you're doing it and uh, I'm really proud of what you've done thanks a lot Alex I appreciate it it. And we would love
0: to have you back on the show sometime we really appreciate your time Alex
2: Thanks, man. Good luck tonight. No problem. Bye. Okay, brother. Bye-bye. You know, Jim, one of
0: the things I love about revisiting that is it was a reminder to me, too, when when you talk about a true champion, not just being a person who wins the championship, but uh, the person who has a high level of uh, success across their life, right? I think I would have remembered Alex Cora if he was a janitor and I interacted with him. I mean, he's just that kind of guy.
2: Well, he's memorable. And you know what? He's humble. He's humble. He's a humble person. Uh, You know, kudos go to his mom and dad. Uh, You can look at the Cora brothers and go, wow, acorns probably don't fall far from the tree. And uh, with uh, Joey being the most disciplined uh, athlete I've ever coached, and and Alex has that same discipline, uh, and he can definitely communicate, uh, world-class communicator. Uh, without having bravado and without pounding his chest. And uh, um, he knows uh, he knows how to get the most out of his players. And and he did at the right time and at the right place. And we're going to go ahead and uh, do something a little different that we're going to keep bringing in here.
0: Uh, just calling him uh, Tips du Jour, which was where Jim learned uh, Tips like- <laughs> du Jour.
2: I'm 21 years old. I. I uh, in Kentucky, Eastern Kentucky, you learn the three R's, you know, reading, writing, and Route 23, go north to get a job. Those are the three R's. <laughs> reading, writing, and Route 23. So I took Route 23, Ashland, Kentucky, straight up to Columbus, Ohio. I uh, got my first J-O-B my and my only J-O-B, my last job, and, and my first one. And uh, I'd gone out to dinner with a, a client. Uh, with his family at a white tablecloth, fancy-smancy place. And I remember having a sport coat on. I had one sport coat. Again, I, I'm, I'm I'm raw. I'm from the hills. We had roadkill, for goodness sakes. My dad carried a shovel in the trunk just for that purpose. And here we are, and I remember the waiter coming out going, uh, soup du jour today. And I went, wow, soup du jour. I wonder what that tastes like. I'd like to ha- maybe try that. Does it have shrimp? What is soup du jour? I didn't realize it was French for s- soup of the day. So tip du jour is a new feature on the Jim Fannin Show. And um, I have a couple of tips.
0: Okay, let's
2: let's go for it here. In the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia, there's a cow on a railroad track. Now it's a fine old guy. I've been singing that song for a long time. My mother taught me that song. And, and I learned, Seth... That if I sing 20 minutes a day, positive, vigorously, if I do that, it's going to reduce my snoring. My poor wife uh, made me aware, you're snoring. Uh, no, I don't snore. Uh, you're snoring, I- but I don't snore. Well, she said it enough ago, you know, I think I, I think I snore for the first time. Listen to this. Snoring occurs when lax muscles in the soft palate and throat collapse, causing the air flowing past them to vibrate. Snoring. Here's the remedy. This is from British researchers. Singing with gusto for 20 minutes every day tightens the throat muscles to reduce snoring frequency by 57% and dial down the volume of your snoring by 47%. And then here's the bonus, uh, improve your sleep and more energy. Singing in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. See, by me singing out loud, I'm I'm going to help my marriage by not snoring and so my wife can get a better night's sleep. I'm fired up. That's my tip du jour. And uh, we're, we're kind of on a little bit of a sleep kick here
0: because, you know what, it's hard to be self-disciplined optimistic concentrated if you're exhausted also lavender is something that
2: you know lavender is a big deal i i like lavender it reminds me of prince because of its purple nature uh which has nothing to do with lavender except for the color but you know when you think of lavender uh relaxation comes to mind calm tranquility soothing go google the word lavender serenity And it's been purported to have healing powers for reducing stress and anxiety. Uh, But is that just folk medicine? Is that true? You know, I
0: mean, I'm not a scientist, but I I will say that, uh, especially now with a with a newborn, that when the baby goes to sleep, you want to, like, fall into bed and make sure that you're sleeping when she's sleeping. So you can Uh, lavender. I'm not somebody that's ever really had a hard time sleeping necessarily, but that rare night when I would. I always have put lavender on my feet and then put socks over it to kind of hold it in, and I go, I am out like a light. And so now, when sleep is so valuable, lavender is definitely something that's uh, come well back in, in
2: the journal Frontiers and Behavioral Neuroscience. Pick up that copy. Uh, there had some studies on lavender and how it really impacts. I did a study with mice. Uh, there's a uh, chemical in lavender called linalool, and it tickles the uh, odor-sensitive neurons in the nose, sends signals to just the right spots in the brain, and the same ones triggered, uh, by coincidence, by Valium, which uh, is something we probably should not be taking, although it'll, it'll make you tranquil, peaceful, uh, but it can be, obviously, and is addictive. So lavender, uh, you can buy little bottles of lavender, put it on your wrist. Uh, you can do like Seth and put it in your... Uh, uh, socks and, and your feet uh, or it could just be uh, something that uh, you think works and uh, you know and so it does. but uh, a little bit of lavender I think will uh, reduce some stress and some anxiety. Now there's some science uh, to back that up that this actually works.
0: You know, and of course uh, what we're doing here is a thought management system every single week to help you achieve peak performance. But don't forget, one of the things that you've got to have for peak performance, I mean, if, if you're running on two hours of sleep and uh, you're severely dehydrated and you keep forgetting to eat lunch and have some nutrition, it's, it's going to be real hard for you to find the zone. we like we got to have these building
2: blocks in place. Uh, a little lavender while you're singing, and you'll sleep like a baby. <laughs> put them together. <laughs> you'll put them together. <laughs> Seth, words have power. Let's see who... Uh, picked up the word either from themselves or for someone else Uh, and let's see who's in the zone. Well Steve Pierce
0: is uh, the Boston Red Sox World Series MVP and we've got to put him in the in the zone here because this guy had a lot of opportunities to not be an MVP. He has been traded uh, so many times. He's what would be called um, in baseball a lifelong journeyman And after all these years, after I believe he's actually played in every team in the AL East, uh, this is sort of like uh, what a lot of baseball players go through. You know, Ryan Lidge, who was on the show a few weeks ago, you know, he got traded for two days and then got traded back somewhere else. He was on a team for two days. You know, I thought this was a beautiful example of being in the zone and just saying, you don't know me. You know, maybe that was his word. You don't know me. I'm going to get there. I keep getting traded,
2: but you don't know me. This also goes to the uh, fact that the person that executes the basics, when the money's on the table, picks up the money. So at the right time in the right place, uh, he hit solid, drove in uh, a lot of runs, hit three home runs, two in the last deciding game, MVP. Kudos out. You're in the zone. That's a great World Series performance. And you know what? he deserves it. He definitely deserves it.
0: And Jim, I I wanted you to speak to uh, getting back after you fall down, if you will, because the the big headline title was that the the Red Sox won 108 games this year on the way to the World Series. That tells part of the story. The other part of the story I didn't realize, this team did not ever lose four games in a row this season.
2: Well, that's, uh, that's a team uh, that we heard, really, from Alex saying that we prepare for each team the same. Uh, we eliminated the ups and downs, the highs and lows, getting jacked up for the Yankees or Toronto by treating everybody the same, reaching a high daily standard, a minimum requirement for a solid performance. According to them, uh, by doing that every day, eliminated those highs and lows and Uh, That's why they not only won so many games, but that's why they're the world champions. You can hear in the interview that mindset. They were world champions long before the trophy came and long before the parade. Uh, World champions uh, don't just automatically happen. There is a process. Again, kudos to them. Speaking of world champions... Golden State. One of my favorite athletes has been watching Klay Thompson. Perennial all-star, maybe not the MVP like Kevin Durant or Seth Curry, but he's always there. And I love his work ethic because even though he's not performing well, which he hasn't, until recently <laughs> yeah you know i have wondered if anybody would
0: be uh wondering if we had a bias towards chicago teams because that's where we're at and the, the, you know the, the, the kind of the, the hometown judgment if you will and uh definitely the the chicago bulls don't come out looking great here the uh, golden state warriors actually led the bulls they scored 92 points and a half uh thanks to clay thompson Actually, breaking the record, breaking his teammates' record in the zone. I watched
2: that game. I've seen every Golden State game uh, this year, and uh, he was definitely struggling. Uh, But if you look really closely and you freeze frame, which I did, uh, 14 three pointers. He scored over 50 points in 26 minutes, shatters the record did not play the fourth quarter. Uh his teammates got him the ball and encouraged him because they felt him in the zone. But go ahead and freeze frame Clay Thompson during that game. His jaw is completely unhinged, totally relaxed, and this is um there's a picture that was in uh, the paper of Him off the ground in a jump shot, perfect posture, jaw totally unhinged, face very relaxed, eyes unbelievably intense, intense. That means inside there was energy that was taut, T-A-U-T, laser focused on the place on the rim that he wanted to arc the ball, the place on the backboard Uh, a dime-sized target uh, when he hit a bank shot. Uh, Clay got into the zone, found the rhythm, and stretched it 26 minutes. His teammates uh, realized it and just kept feeding him the ball and giving them positive energy. And, of course, whose record did he break? Seth Curry. You know, and this is a,
0: an, a great snapshot of seeing the zone in action because uh, you said he'd struggle, but if I could put a number to that, he was five for 36 from behind the three-point line uh, for the first seven games. Five for 36. That is a pile of missed shots. That's and, a
2: pile of missed shots. But you know what? As Rick Berry told me a long time ago, former NBA scoring champion, Great shooters keep shooting. The next one is always in. That's confidence. And uh, he said uh, after after the game, "I knew I was due." He expected it. I mean, this show could be also about expectancy. He expected. So his internal dialogue, uh, if we could read it, it didn't reveal uh, a victim of his uh, uh, poor shooting or a judge about his shooting. He just knew his time would come. He stayed relaxed, and boy, did he find the purposeful calm of the zone against my own uh, Chicago Bulls. And the fans cheered when he broke the record. The Chicago Bulls fans, they they know a great performance when they see it, and what a zone performance that was. Yeah, that that's just an... Amazing, amazing his father moment. by the way who's a broadcaster former NBA star uh Michael Thompson uh his father who broadcasts for the Lakers go really is it is that good I I you know he's one of the best shooters I, I thought he could be better uh always a dad you know <laughs> always a dad <laughs> never good enough I love it I love it
0: well for uh the, uh the next who's in the zone we're gonna switch Arenas here so Jim I'm guessing that most people don't get up and say I hope I get to wait in line today. (laughs) No. Somewhere. Yeah. Well, the uh, fourth uh, Amazon cashless or cashierless store actually just opened in Chicago. And this is something that's brand new this year. Uh, And uh, the way this works is it's basically a convenience store. So you go in, you grab a water, you grab a sandwich, and uh, the sensors actually pick it up, tie it to your account so you don't actually have to do anything. You can just leave. And that doesn't mean it's an employee-less store. It just means you don't have to wait in line, right? Well you're like, okay, well, there's four of them in Chicago. Maybe I'm not living in Chicago or I'm not going to be there. Allegedly, they are planning 3,000 of these stores in just a few years here. Uh, And so, you know, the uh, running in to grab a water real quick, grab a coffee real quick. uh, This may be something in your own backyard very quickly. And if you want to talk about, uh, you know, visualization, talk about something out of nothing. I mean, it's something that had never in, uh, existed before where you could just walk in, grab something. I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to make a point to go do this, you know, in the next couple of weeks. I,
2: I need to try this out. Yeah, this is pretty amazing. You know, right now, uh, I, we're definitely on a technology boom. I think it's the greatest time to be alive from a technical technology point of view. Um, so where is all this going? Um, less is more. Uh, The less time I spend shopping, the less time I can uh, spend in a line uh, waiting on something, uh, the more I can have a better life and um, be in the zone and stay in the zone. Uh, So we'll see how this uh, pans out. But this looks like the store of the future. And uh, technology, maybe this is going to be for everything. You can only use your imagination to see what else uh, this technology can do. So if you're into technology right now, I'm sure you're visualizing, how how do I help people stay in the zone, get in the zone? Because that's the only place to be. That's the place where you just don't... There's no future, there's no past. It's present tense living. And there's so many things that take us out of that. So it looks like Amazon's going to do their job to uh, keep us in that zone course, when we're in the zone, we might spend more money, but uh, maybe that's the point. (laughs) Maybe that's the point. And Jim, to set up our our next actually
0: group of uh, three individuals who are in the zone, one of the things actually I think I picked up from you uh, when you just talk about insulating yourself sometimes from outside stressors, and we're going to do a whole show on that with people coming up. Um, After my daughter was born, I just decided to kind of take the rest of the year off from any kind of media that would be too stressful. And so kind of checked out from paying too much attention to politics, even down to there's a few sports shows I really like that are kind of sometimes just devolve into people yelling at each other. And I was like, you know, this is a this is a time when I've got a lot on my plate. It's a big time of transition, even sports. If it's people just yelling, I'm just going to step back from that for the rest of the year. So I've been a little bit of a cocoon here and I've really enjoyed it. So uh, the funny thing is, is I don't know what side of the uh, political aisle these three candidates run are, are running on. Uh, because it was actually just in a a business publication. But we've got to say that uh, uh, Tedra Cobb of Canton, New York, as well as uh, Cindy Axney of West Des Moines, Iowa, and uh, Candia Stearns of Michigan's 9th District are all female entrepreneurs who are running a business and also running uh, for Congress, running for office. And I I was pretty blown away by that, uh, that you've got three examples of women who have started something or leading something that... uh, are able to handle that? That's not falling apart, and they're still, you know, seeking, uh, you know, to, to be in a position of public service. That's a zone state, I believe, because you've really got to stay in the present, and you've got to go from the present it, uh, as a leader to a
2: present to, as a candidate. You know, well, to do that, you definitely need a blueprint. Um, you, you need a plan, a a script on how you're going to manage your company, where your company is going to be in the next ninety days. We're in the fourth quarter right now. Uh, All three of these women, I'm sure, have very stringent vision and goals for what they want to do by the end of the year. Uh, But to be that disciplined, and now that affords them some time to actually go out and campaign while still doing it. So there's a lot we can put on our plate if we are efficient, if we are disciplined. And again, words matter. In order to manage a business, um, words matter, and um, so many times we over-train, over-coach, over over-talk, uh, over-lead, and uh, it sounds like three these three candidates, these three entrepreneurs are uh, efficient uh, where less is more. Let's go ahead and hop back over to football here for uh, just a, a
0: couple more pieces of In the Zone. Devin McCourty, Plays for the uh, New England Patriots, and, you know, obviously it's great to be a, a Patriot because uh, they've they've got an amazing culture of success. It's also can be a tough market to play in because uh, the media and the fans tend to be rather upset if they're not happy with you and be rather vocal about being upset. Well,
2: especially with Boston now being a world champion. Uh, Patriots, we want another one.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's our expectation. So, like Clay Thompson, he, Devin McCourty has maybe not had the best year so far. But holy cow! Did he have the best one of the best plays of 2018? Uh, he was clocked at running 22.05 miles an hour uh, after he picked the ball off and ran it back for a touchdown. That is the fastest anyone's carried the ball in uh, in 2018. And you know, you talk about slowing the game down and and
1: seeing
2: it. Well, there- he had a lot of a lot of people talking about he's lost a step. Yeah, isn't that amazing? But here's another thing. Maybe he did lose a step. I, I've done this research with a lot of athletes I've coached. The more you think, the slower you'll run. Oh, yeah. I, I, I took uh, four uh, world-class sprinters out for a run, and I timed them in their run individually, <clears throat> and then we had them run again individually while they're trying to add numbers from the finish line where I'm holding up flashcards, they added those numbers and when they crossed the finish line, had to give me the sum total. And when they were trying to think and run, they had their slowest time. So there's something to that. He may have been over-trying, overthinking, trying to do too much. But in that particular run, uh, he was in the zone no doubt about it less thought produces more and you know for in the zone for amazon getting people out of
0: waiting in line is uh definitely a zone performance and we are now seeing the uh, the first kind of glimpse of the dreaded los angeles traffic maybe starting to get a little bit better uh, with another in the zone performance by the way jim have you have you ever been stuck in that uh, that
2: quagmire out in la unbelievable i'm in brentwood going to downtown la And I I get Uber. I'm in the back Uber. I'm on the phone. Hour and 45 minutes. This is a 10 minute, 15 minute trip. The traffic was so horrendous from Brentwood to downtown LA. 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's horrific. I mean, there's nothing worse than being stuck in LA traffic on the freeway. Yeah. Well, Elon
0: Musk, who of course is the entrepreneur behind uh, Tesla with the electric vehicle that's obviously doing very well. Uh, set out to uh and he's
2: not necessarily been in the zone he's not recently i mean he's got a few challenges on his plate he's
0: not he's uh you know kind of uh been gotten some negative feedback on his twitter behavior and also has uh kind of fought i believe with uh one of the government regulatory bodies uh which usually that's a tough fight to win so he'd recommend not you know Mocking government agencies that can fine you, <laughs> just a good probably rule of thumb. not a good idea. Yeah. Uh, well, December tenth. Uh, even
2: if you're a billionaire.
0: <laughs> <laughs> even if you're a billionaire. <laughs> yes. Even if you're a billionaire, <laughs> that's maybe not going to go so well. On December tenth, this thing's going to be real. He's uh, he has a vision to put uh, tunnels underneath LA to get traffic moving again. It's a two mile transit tunnel, uh, and this thing's going to open in what is that six weeks? Uh, The tunnel uh, was initially designed to whisk cars along at 155 miles an hour. So for just two miles, that's a a really quick trip. And then this eventually is supposed to carry uh, passengers and bicycles as well. So, you know, hopefully the day will come when, uh, you know, you you can tell my daughter, well, back in my day, we had to sit in traffic in L.A. But now if you go out there, it's like you're just through it. And again, we're kind of back to visualization Somebody saw something where nobody else saw anything, and it's going to open.
2: That's what I
0: love about technology today.
2: Yeah, there is technology, but what are we going to do with it, and how are we going to use it? And imagination trumps everything, really. I mean, knowledge is power. Imagination overrides knowledge. So uh, kudos to Elon Musk. Great imagination. We'll see. We'll see what's going to happen. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to be in that tunnel going 155 miles an
0: hour. Uh, <laughs> I, I have yet to, tr- to trust the autopilot on the vehicles as a passenger. Uh, a friend of mine's got one. I'm like, well, could you Could you maybe just drive on the interstate while I'm with you? <laughs> Do the
2: autopilot on your own? Speaking of traffic, I got to throw this in. <clears throat> texting, texting while driving, it's not a good idea. Would you agree yes, with Yes, correct. In fact, if you're texting while driving... Just five seconds is like driving 100 yards with your eyes shut. Five seconds to look down to do a text. And and so one of the thoughts I had, this just happened to me. So I'm in my car, and my phone is right there available, and I get a text. And I can read the text. I can listen to the text. And I start to text and something came over me and said, I shouldn't be texting. This is this is wrong. This is something that's dangerous. And I put my phone in the glove compartment. I couldn't get it. And then I could hear texts coming in. I could hear phone calls coming in. I could feel my heart rate go up. Like, I, I need to check this. You know, I get 6,000 uh, cell minutes a month on my phone but that is the best thing I've done if you get into your car with your phone put your car in, phone in a place where you can't get to it put it in the glove compartment put it somewhere where you can't reach it anyway uh that's my little another tip de jour we need to add, add that to our our, our last segment
0: So we got to hop over to the uh, 2018 Invictus Games. Uh, It's an athletic tournament for injured and disabled uh, military service members. And it happens in Sydney, Australia. British tennis player named Paul Guest um, was playing against a a Dutch teammate uh, and actually stopped the match. So I I don't know if you ever had this happen in your amateur or professional tennis career. Did anybody ever just kind of walk off like they decided they wanted lunch or something? And you're like, "What, what happened to that person? where'd my opponent go? Did that ever happen? I mean, that's pr- pretty unusual.
2: I've obviously. had some strange things happen, but not necessarily that one.
0: Yeah. So what happened was that, uh, there was actually a helicopter flying over and, uh, Paul Guest, this tennis player realized that his teammate, uh, actually was still suffering for some PTSD from combat. And, uh, the helicopter was a, you know, it was a, a trigger to you know, kind of kick off his PTSD, just walked off, uh, to take care of his friend. And, uh, believe it or not, sang him the song from Frozen, let it go. So if you can imagine two uh, wow two soldiers and and athletes uh, one you talk about singing 20 minutes a day, he got part of his 20 minutes in uh, and uh, that song helped his friend uh, you know kind of get through that incident of PTSD and be okay.
2: That, that reminds me I I uh, played tennis at East Tennessee State University down in Johnson City Tennessee and uh, the Ohio Valley Conference in the finals. Uh, I'm I'm winning. I'm in the zone, and a guy parachutes. They were having some kind of ROTC <laughs> uh, maneuvers near the tennis courts where we we're having the, uh, the Ohio Valley Conference Championships. A guy in a parachute comes down on the courts, lands two courts over from me on the court, interrupting their match. And I remember, like a bubble bursting, I was so locked in the zone. And I remember, all of a sudden, I'm not in the zone anymore. And I, I had a sense of oh my gosh, panic. And I rebooted. Even back then, I remember shutting my eyes uh, and clearing my mind, and got my energy back on the other side of the net. Uh, to pull that off to win that match. But uh, yes, I've had a few strange things happen. And um, this is a story, though, of brotherly love uh, that you're talking about, uh, where a brother is not in the zone, and a grown man is singing a song from Frozen uh, to uh, a brother uh, to help him get back in the zone. So that's a great story. Well,
0: I, I still can't believe a man fell from the sky during uh, your tennis match.
2: He did. He fell. Yeah, he fell out of the sky. He's like, what? What's up with that? Hey, listen, Seth. There's so many good stories. There's so many happy stories. There's so many positive stories. And if you've got something that you'd like to share with us, maybe that we don't know, maybe it hasn't been in the media, send us this story or anything that you have that can help our audience get in the zone. Send it to askjim at Jimfannon.com, A-S-K-J-I-M at Jimfannon.com. So send us your feel-good stuff. This is the most positive show, and positivity, it's really an option for everyone. You know, we've got free will, Seth. We can think any thought we want. You know, I I look back and See some great people in history. You look at Mandela in prison for decades. But yet, whatever he thought, it must have been positive. I'm sure he had some down days being imprisoned, especially solitary confinement. But yet, he comes out of that and becomes the president of his country. Wins the Nobel Peace Prize. We are what we think. Words do have power, but we have free will to select and be judicious with any words that we wield. Think about what you think about. That inner dialogue, that script of every thought, you can see the transcript, if you could print it out, that's telling you why you did what you did, why you do what you do. And it's tell you whether you're going to be successful, get in the zone, or not. Think about what you think about. And and that's going to lead us into the zone cafe. You know, Seth, there is a mindset that we can manipulate, we can attract. Athletes call it the zone. It's got a lot of nicknames, raking. Uh, treeing, netting, on fire, locked in, in the now, in the moment, out of your mind. All those little words and phrases to tell us about that mindset where nothing can go wrong. And this is not just for superstar athletes. You could be in the zone when you're reading a book or watching a movie or conducting a meeting or being in school, listening, academics. And also I gotta get a shout out right now. Lewis University, women's basketball team, Lewis University, women's volleyball team. Seth, I just talked to them last week. Oh yeah. I was there. Oh yeah. These these gals are champions. We got some all Americans uh on their basketball team. They had the leading score in the nation. Words matter. These ladies are functioning, performing, not only on the court but off the court at the highest level. And they know they control their destiny by what they think and what they say and what they do, and kudos goes out to Lewis University uh, just outside Chicago, Illinois. And uh, But let's go to the Zone Cafe because I took both teams last week into the Zone Cafe. You have a higher low level at any given time of – Self-discipline, the willingness, commitment to stay with a task, to reach well-defined goals. You either have discipline or not, and it can fluctuate. You have a higher low level of concentration, the ability to focus. Put on blinders one step at a time, one shot at a time, one statement at a time, being locked into the moment, looking at people in the eye long enough to discern eye color, being present. Your concentration, it can fluctuate. Easy. Up and down, 20, 30 times. I'm locked in the moment. I get a text. you got to be kidding me. I'm now not in the zone. But you also have high or low levels of the third marker that you can find in the zone cafe, optimism. That's belief, expectancy, a sense of knowing that the tasks, the routines, lead to the goals that take you to a vision. How's your confidence? How's your trust in yourself that what you got's enough? Are you optimistic? And we know that can fluctuate. We know that can go up and down. But you also have two more markers that we're cooking up in the uh, Zone Cafe. In fact, Seth's back there right now. He's got uh, a chef's hat on whipping up the next level of relaxation. That's being comfortable. Free from worry or anxiety. Of executing the tasks that lead to the goals, jaw unhinged like Clay Thompson reigning threes on the Chicago Bulls. Are you relaxed? How's your relaxation? And then the bottom line, hope it's the bottom line of the show. You gotta love what you do. You gotta do what you love. You gotta have enjoyment. You gotta have a little music, singing a few songs. It'll help your snoring, but it may be also the the weak link that you need to tweak a little bit to get a little pep in your step little enthusiasm little excitement so right now listening you've got a higher level of self-discipline concentration optimism relaxation and enjoyment get in your car drive around to the pickup window the drive-up window Seth's in there he's cooking boy. what would you order if you could only order one of those items on the menu and you know that that one item is the missing link that once you get that and just being aware of it can fix it 90% of the time. But once I have that one link, maybe it's relaxation or maybe it's self-discipline. Hour later in another arena in your life, well, you might need something else. But right now, what would you order, Seth? You know what? I'm going to go with self-discipline.
0: And this is just really a testament to uh, what I, I've been able to absorb from the show, your book, hanging out. When everybody told me, you know what? You, you can't we can't really pre- be prepared for parenthood. And you're going to be so tired with a newborn. And I was like, yeah, right. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's just what people say, right? And then people I got three weeks into uh, having a newborn. And I'm like, Wow. I am tired. Wow. There's a lot of things to handle. And I tell you what, just the last few days have been really great about staying in the present. And then when I got to kind of go from work to parenting or, you know, family or whatever, I can do that. And then I can go back. And uh, I realized that uh, when you're in, when you realize you're in the zone, you're not in anymore. So you got, you got to reboot and then you got to watch your self discipline to keep those levels up. So that's what I'm going to grab onto. You know, I, I kind of slid into the zone, if you will, and then I want to make sure I stay there.
2: Self-discipline. Relaxation. Yeah? Why,
0: why relaxation right now?
2: Uh, stress is having Halloween costume people at your door and you have no candy. That's, that's stress. <laughs> that is stress. That's stress. That did not happen in my house, but that, <laughs> that, that definitely is stress. Uh, here come the tricks. Uh, you know, <laughs> they're going to egg my house or uh, TP my uh, trees. Now, relaxation, because, you know, we're in the fourth quarter. Uh, There's a lot of quotas. There's a lot of goals that people are trying to reach, and uh, my clients are are looking to achieve. And so there is some stress. Sometimes there's negative stress. We also have stress uh, because we're being blasted uh, over the airwaves with uh, politics. The midterms are here. A lot of people are stressed. It it is the most stressed that I've seen in America in my lifetime. So there is a lot of stress. And and there's also stress uh, in relationships, especially uh, if two people are working simultaneously and trying to raise a family. Uh, it's not an easy time for a lot of people. So relaxation uh, is important. I, I think um, taking some time off, rebooting, turn your brain off, Uh, taking a day off, uh, having a vacation uh, at the end of whatever you're trying to achieve. No matter what happens, I'm going to take three or four days off. So I've got a couple of things I'm going to do. I I know in December after a a fun year. So relaxation is on my mind because I'm feeling the need to provide relaxation I may I may need to start carrying around packets of lavender to give out to everybody, you know, with the Jim Fannon logo on it. Here have some lavender. Chill out, please. So yeah, relaxation. Uh, next week it could be something else, but right now I want to be more relaxed. I, I know that's going to keep me in the zone, and consequently, if I'm relaxed, uh, that calming effect will help everybody that I'm coaching on a one-on-one personal personal level.
0: Absolutely. And so, hey, don't forget, this is not uh, just something we do uh, once a week. This is something you can come back to every single day, multiple times a day. Jim's clients, a lot of them are rebooting three and four times a day, setting alarms on their cell phones or on their watch or whatever. And this is something that the world champion Boston Red Sox clearly were engaged in to
2: not lose four games in a row. This show's been about words. This show's been about how words matter and then how words have power. Think about your vocabulary uh, as you go out and enter whatever arena of your life you're going to enter. Just know that what you say uh, and what you do has an impact, and uh, it creates a wake behind you. So use your words judiciously, and the ones that are powerful, use them frequently, and use them with a lot of repetition. Maybe you're the leader your company's been waiting on. Maybe you're the leader that your family needs right now. Maybe you're the person your relationship needs. Maybe it's not the other person in relationship. Look in the mirror. Maybe it's you. Words matter because words attract deeds and actions. Be in the zone, everybody. Be in the zone. It's the only place to be.
1: Need more help getting to the zone or want to check out some of Jim's books? Follow Jim on Twitter at Jim Fannin or visit JimFannin.com for more incredible tips to help you become your best, most authentic self. This has been the Jim Fannin Show on Radio Influence. This is a leveling the playing field quick fix
4: on Radio Influence. This week's guest is Tracy Speck of Ventura, and she is the founder and president of Sports and the Arts. From working through galleries, so when the sports gallery ended and I was working with Sam, I also was running a, a contemporary art ga- gallery in Beverly Hills for a few years, um, and I, I just... I'm self-motivated. You know i I work hard and and uh, owning your own business, you never put it down. I know that if someone reaches out, I need to reach out immediately to respond to them especially with teams and and owners i think they like that you know we don't take the weekends off we're always replying so there was a work ethic my parents owned restaurants growing up and and i always saw that if an employee didn't come in my mom had to go in and fill in for them and it was a a negative for her i think so i know how hard it is to work and and then you you know reap the benefits like i've been laughing lately that they're starting to get it and we're now golden states are tenth. Um, stadium uh, with the Warriors and I said it's like our 25 years of overnight success. I've grinded really hard for a long time and and now we're established once you start to get the reputation you never burn bridges Um, people will leave from one team to a different team or a different sport but they'll bring you along and say check out these people because they know that we'll get it done and we'll make them look good as well um, because they believe in us so um, you just work really hard and and you value it and, and like I said from that first gallery job they didn't have to pay me to be there. I wanted to be there. It was so much fun. I would want to go to work every day.
1: Leveling the playing field with Bobby Sue Doyle Hazard can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.